0: This movie is very fitting for this month, and I'm going to try to kind of recall it as best as I can from when I saw it back in maybe mid July when I finally got to sit down with this one. Uh, the Black Phone. Ethan Hawk uh, and a bunch of other um, kind of young adult actors kind of making their name sort of. I don't know if I recognized any of them, I can't remember if I did from anything else. But of course, you know, Ethan Hawke in any horror movie, you know, it's going to be somewhat decent. You know, like, the first Sinister was great. He's not in the second one, of course, because he dies in the first one, but the first one's great, and then you have Ethan Hawke also in other... Anything Ethan Hawke is usually in is usually really good. I I just, I really do appreciate him as an actor. Now, when you have a a film like uh, The Black Phone, which is very interesting, to say the least, and... It's based on, I believe, a novel of the same title, and I think it's pretty recent. I think it's within the last 15 years, if I read correctly. I think it was like 2005 or 2006. Um, I forget the author's name. I think it was like, I remember it being really closely related to Jonah Hill, so I want to say it was like Joseph Hill or Joe Hill or something. I remember seeing it and I'm going, oh, now I got to read the book. Because I gotta see if the movie did justice to the book. Because the movie is very good. It is very, very good. And I really appreciated the story they were trying to tell. Even though it's 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 simple in its foundation. So the foundation is... The character Ethan Hawke plays is a guy kidnapping kids in the 70s. It's like the mid-70s. And this is, of course, around that time where... This was very prominent. Like, I know, I I was talking to a coworker the other day about, you know, how are there all these documentaries about all these, you know, serial killers from 40 or 50 years ago. It's like, well, because that's when things were a little crazy. You know, this is when, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer was huge. This is when the Manson family was big. Like, all of these big, you know, stories we have. The Night Stalker. All these big serial killers. They all came from from that time and era because it was very tough to catch people. So, this character, um, the child abductor, is called the Grabber in the film, and it's not based on anybody, it's just, you know, the Grabber. Like, it's very simple, the Grabber. Like, there's no crazy, interesting name given to him, like Night Stalker or any of that stuff, like what we kind of got here in reality. They gave him a very simple name, and it's not related to any actual story story. Based on anyone. So, the Grabber, played by Ethan Hawke, is this character who goes around kidnapping kids. Now, his sort of pseudonym backstory is that he kidnaps kids and he, like, runs these sort of tests on them to see if they're bad or naughty. And then when they fail, he kills them. So, now he's kidnapped about, like, seven kids at at this point in the story when you kind of... No, he's he's kidnapped six, and then the seventh one is the one the the movie's about. So he's kidnapped six, and the seventh one is what the movie is um kind of focused around. And he's focused around the um this boy who has a sister who is sort of clairvoyant as well, and and the clairvoyancy is kind of she's kind of forced to kind of hide it because the father is a, you know, a drunk and an abuser, and she's not allowed to really, like, talk about how she sees things, like, in her dreams, and then her dreams become reality. And so when the brother gets abducted, that's, that's when she starts having dreams about where he is, and that's when he starts believing her. But now also, when you take that kind of supernatural aspect, you also take the idea that where this kid is getting held um, by the grabber, is in the basement of this house that is in the neighborhood and he's sort of being haunted but also sort of being like guided by the ghosts of the other kids that um, the Grabber has killed. So they're kind of guiding him to sort of understand what it is that they have to do. And it's sort of like all of these different kids have gone through different stages of trying to escape, trying to you know, maybe kind of beat their way through him and kind of understand what their environment is. So he's like, it's it's almost like an escape room in and of itself, but instead of having, like, six people figure it out, one person comes in one after another, solves a small piece of the puzzle, and now here's the last person taking all of those pieces and all of those clues and putting them all together. So, like, one of the, the, the key points is that, you know, we know that this... This wall leads to a vent, and this vent leads to a fridge. Get in there, and so he gets. He he somehow breaks the wall, leads into a fridge. The fridge, fridge is full of meat. So he's pulling out meat. He's pulling out pieces of wall, and he gets in the fridge, and he's trying to like break open the door, but he can't. You know, he's like an eight-year-old, and that's a locked freezer that's packed with meat. But what that plays into later on is that the grabber has this dog, and what he's able to do is he's able to kind of. How he gets past the dog when he finally tries to escape is he gives the dog a piece of the meat. So it's it's this thing where each one of these different kind of escape routes or kind of little hints of what he should be doing, all these ghosts are telling him what to do. They all play into you know how he escapes and how he finally kind of makes it out. Now there's a lot of other twists and turns it takes where there's this character who's kind of this, I want to say he was a drug addict, I don't remember exactly, but the cops are interviewing people in the neighborhood, and they interview this guy particularly, and he's like really into the story, he's one of these like, um, they would probably this day and age be related to an internet sleuth, so he's like what an internet sleuth today would be back then, like... He's following the case. He's not a detective. He's just unemployed and trying to feel like he means something. So he's following the case. He's he knows where all it is. He's like, it has to be in this area. And he just he sounds manic to the cops. But then you also learn later on that that house and, you know, the house he's living in is his brother's house. And his brother is the grabber played by Ethan Hawke. And then the brother discovers that he's in the house of the grabber the whole time. And then Ethan Hawke winds up killing his brother because he discovers his secret. So there's a lot of these very interesting twists and turns the movie takes. And it was really, really good. It was really, really nice to see something kind of unique when it comes to that this sort of story. And what I do hope, and I haven't heard anything, it's still relatively fresh, I do hope that There is no plan for sequels or anything. I know I heard something about the potential, but I don't believe the author has, like, a series for this story. I believe it's just the Black Phone as the story, and then he also has other books, but they're not correlated. Like, maybe they take place in the same universe, maybe they don't, but I don't believe they're correlated to the same... um, to the same story or anything. So I don't wish for anything after this. I hope this is a standalone film because it is a really, really good sort of story that takes something that's maybe it takes like maybe even three things that kind of have already been done and kind of puts them all together, but it puts them all together in enough of a fashion that it's unique. It doesn't come off boring and it's entertaining enough to say, you know what, I enjoyed this. And I thoroughly enjoyed this. And I really look forward to reading the book when I get my hands on it. And depending on how the book plays out, I might actually find myself enjoying more by this author. It might be Joe Hill. It's definitely Joe Hill. Now that I think about it, because I remember um, I, I remember saying something about it being Jonah Hill. And I remember Jonah Hill, Joe Hill. Yes, Joe Hill. The author's name is Joe Hill. And he's got a lot of other works, but this is, I think, the first one that's ever been made into a film. I believe he's a very recent author. I believe he's only been writing as of, like, the 2000s. So, um, I would definitely check out the book. I'm not going to say check out the book before the movie. Although, I often sometimes feel that I like, you know, the book over the movie. But then again, sometimes I get stuck watching the film, before I know it's even a book. So knowing that this was a book after the fact was kind of like, oh, shit. Like, I wish I would have known it was a book. I would have read it first, you know? Like, that happened with me and The Martian and me and another book from the 90s, another uh, film from the 90s, um, Sphere. Now, Sphere was a movie that I loved, and I've read the book, and the book is so much better than the film. But I still love the film. So knowing that The Black Phone is um, this book that's out there and uh, another version of this story, and this is such a good story, I want to see what the original version is. I want to see what that is, what what the source material really is, and what, what they might have left out. Because you know they always leave shit out when they do book adaptations. And as an author myself, I always imagine what somebody would do if they ever took my book that's out right now and turned it into a movie and what they would take out and... I wouldn't even fathom and I don't think any person who writes or any author ever thinks what are they going to take out because you write in the idea that it because you think about it like a movie you think about it like that's the process of how the story should progress but then again you also sometimes find that those people with these these this vision of what the movie would look like when you they translate the book to film they have good visions. Another good example of that is Stephen King's The Mist. He loves the reimagining of that of his story. Even though he he loves his story, that's probably one of his favorite adaptations for one of his stories. So they're out there and they do exist. I don't know how Joe Hill feels about this, but I do know that this film was very well received and it's worth it. It's definitely worth its praise. It's definitely worth um what it made it like exceeded its box office <laughs> ratings um it was actually part of a um a film festival i believe and then it became like you know it got a lot of buzz and then that was released and that, the year prior it was in that festival and then were like, okay this this seems to be a bigger deal let's put it in the theaters and then it went into theaters this summer so if you haven't seen it and you didn't give it a chance over the summer Definitely for the Halloween season, give it a shot. It is totally, totally worth it.